It's good to be here. Enjoy it. Enjoy worshiping here. I'd like for us to turn to the 21st chapter of John, John chapter 21. Very familiar story. Uh, I don't know if the disciples were discouraged or what. They'd gone back fishing after the resurrection, waiting to see Jesus. They'd seen him a couple of times. And they're out there fishing and they haven't caught a thing and just a miserable night and they fished at the best time, professional fishermen, and they haven't caught a thing. They've had that experience before. And then John sees someone over on the shore and says, there's Jesus. And Peter swims ashore. One person said it was about 100 yards. I don't know. I can't swim that far. I'm not sure I can swim here to Willie. But let's break into the story then, say about verse 10. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you have just caught. Simon Peter climbed aboard and dragged the net ashore. It was full of great fish, 150. But even with so many fish, the net was not broken. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. I still like the King James come and dine. Some of the disciples dared, dared not ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread, and gave it to them, and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to them, his disciples, after he was raised from the dead. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Uh-oh, Simon, son of John, do you tr truly love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know. I love you. Now the word that, Jesus, that Peter uses for no is depending on Jesus' knowledge of Peter, not Peter's knowledge of himself. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time. See, he had denied him three times. Jesus had some things to get straightened out and balanced out, and he was about to do it. He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. I tell you the truth. When you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted and where you, when you're old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to signify the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me, hold on to that. Peter turned and saw that the disciple whom Jesus loved was following them. Peter, can't you keep your eyes on Jesus? This was the one who had leaned against him in the up supper and had said, Lord, who is going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? These may be the strongest language Jesus ever used. They, they, they toned it down. Jesus answered, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? 
you must follow me. Father, the story is so familiar. We know it well. And yet sometimes we gloss over it because we do know it so well. We ask in Jesus' name that you will open our hearts and our minds and let the words of my mouth and the meditation of each and every one of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Thank you for what you're going to do. Help us to truly worship and have your victory for Jesus' sake. Amen. The songwriter has written words something like this, My Jesus, I love thee, I know thou art mine. For of thee all the follies of sin I resign. My precious Redeemer, my Savior art thou. If ever I love thee, my Jesus, tis now. Now those words are easy to sing when everything's going right. But is there anybody in here that everything has always gone right? I didn't think so. But Jesus expects us to sing that. He wants that kind of love. Now here, Jesus has been raised from the dead. It's the third time he's revealed himself to them. And all this has taken place. And you remember when Jesus was raised from the dead, one of the things he told the ladies, go tell his disciples, and be sure you tell Peter. You'll find this in Mark's gospel. One of the things that Peter never forgot, that when the angels spoke, they mentioned his name. Specifically tell Peter, We've got some business to take care of. Jesus was interested. Jesus wanted to do something for Peter. Jesus wanted to to bring about the kind of help that he needed. And he was looking forward to doing it. And so Jesus, sometime before this, him and Peter had gotten together, probably before Jesus saw them that afternoon or that evening later in the upper room. And they'd gotten things straightened out. And Peter had found the forgiveness and the healing that he needed up to a point. And we'll sort of work on that in a moment. But Peter needed some more correction. He didn't need more than just forgiveness. He needed somehow to forgive himself, and he needed a healing from the inside out. He needed a kind of purity coming to his life. He needed his assignments in life straightened out. He had to pick up a cross. He hadn't been willing to do yet. And so these things were things that Jesus, in his compassion and his mercy, begins to work on Peter and to bring about the direction in his life that he needed. And this is what Peter needed. And then The Holy Spirit, I think, is asking each one of us every once in a while, and he needs to, lovest thou me more than these? What is important to us? What causes us to function? What is it that drives our lives and is more important to us than anything else? We're even willing to be on a cross and be held there because our love for Christ is important. We're keeping our eyes fixed on him who loved us and cared a great deal for us. He paid the price that we might have life and have it more abundantly. And Jesus is wanting to work in his life. He's wanting to out of Peter and the healing that Peter still needs. You see, just forgiveness isn't really enough. There needs to be a cleansing from the inside out that affects our lives. In every area we go, in every area we walk, in every aspect of our lives, God needs to speak to us. And we need to sense and to feel. And he becomes the important issue of our life that keeps us functioning. It was a long time ago in 1952 when I found Christ, but it's more real tonight, this afternoon, this morning it is still, isn't it, than it ever was. I can still picture that old altar in that old church. And I said, church originally was first built to be a chicken coop, and we bought, the church bought it and turned it into a church, and the parsonage is in the back, and all that. You know, I found Christ there. And I don't care about the most, and I've been in some beautiful churches, but that one's still real. 
those precious men that I named a few moments ago were people that were important in our lives because Jesus lived in their lives and the love of Christ showed. And that's what Jesus wants this morning. So let's think about, lovest thou me more than these? Let's listen to Jesus. Let's listen to the Holy Spirit. Let's measure and test out our love for Christ and see where we are. First question came to Peter, probably came undoubtedly because of Peter bragging and how, bad, how much he loved Jesus. He would even die for him. And in a few hours he denied it, even knew him, even called down curses upon himself to prove that he had never met this man before. How quickly we change. But you know, Peter was that brilliant man who liked to brag and worked. everybody knows how he was. We called him the big fisherman. I don't know how big he was, but he sure had a big ego. And this very brave, scared-to-death little fellow denied he even knew, Lord, when a little girl asked him, weren't you with him? Now, I'm not trying to pick on the women, but you know, us fellows used to really get upset if somebody said that a little girl could scare us. They could, uh, but don't tell them. <laughs> and Peter, Peter begins to hear Jesus speak to him, begins to realize that Jesus is working on him, and it hurts. Because he realizes there's still some things that need to be taken care of, and some balancing out, and some straightening out, and some healing needs to take place on the inside. And indeed, Jesus needs to treat him, and he needs to see that treatment taking place on the inside of him, and God needs to treat his heart and bring about the thing that he needs to do. And Peter hears Jesus, and he says, you know, and I said a moment ago, the word that Jesus, Peter uses wasn't talking about his knowledge, but Jesus' knowledge of him. And Peter is beginning to confess to Jesus, really maybe for the first time, that he doesn't know himself like he ought to, and Jesus, you do know, and you know I love you. It may not look like it sometimes, but I want you to, people to know that God's in work in my life, and I want to love you, and I want to be. And Jesus takes that confession, and it takes a confession from us, because you, God won't do for you what you don't need. And you've got to admit what you need. And Jesus is finally getting from Peter that confession that Peter needed to give, and Peter is beginning to realize the deficiencies in his own life that Jesus needs to work on. And he's also beginning to realize that Jesus wants to work on them. You don't have a need that Jesus doesn't care more about than you do. And he wants to work on it. And he wants to bring you deliverance. And he wants to help you. And he wants to conform you more and more to his image that God may give him the glory. And the credit will go to him like it's supposed to. And Peter's beginning to realize as Jesus works on the inside of him that there's some purity that needs to come. Things need to get a little better than they are. And Peter, you can't do it for yourself, but I want to do it. I went to the cross. I paid for it. And I'm going to get my money's worth. Well, he is. And Peter says to him, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus says, take care of my lambs. Hold on to that. That's important. That Jesus isn't through with Peter yet. Peter, there's still more that needs to be done. Wes agree that you probably love me as much as the others do. And I don't know what the, uh, more than these can mean. It can mean a lot of things there and maybe all of the above. But Peter, there's still some things that need to be done. Are you willing to take on a job for me? Are you willing to do the kind of work I've called you to do? Are you willing to be the kind of person? Are you willing to pass the test 
the assignment I've given you, can you pass a test on it? Sometimes that's hard. Sometimes we find it difficult when Jesus begins to work in our lives. And there's certain things in our lives that, Jesus, that you're, you're getting tough. You're getting close. Can I think about it? You ever done that to God? How long did it take before you apologize? <laughs> and this is what Jesus is beginning to say to Peter. I want you to hear me. I've got some things for you to do. I want you to be a shepherd. And there's, there's some sheep out there that you can take care of. Do you realize there will probably be someone in heaven or hell because of whether you pass the test or the assignment that Jesus gave you? And Peter, I want you to be ready for it. I want you to be a shepherd. There's a lot of things I want you to take care of and you've got to do. We need to work on that. And Peter's listening and it's beginning to dawn on him the things that Jesus is wanting to do as he works in his life and are trying to accomplish those things that are pleasing to him. And Peter's beginning to lose himself in Christ where he needs to be and to walk with him and to be the kind of person he, God has called him to be and is equipping him to be. You see, God doesn't call you to do anything. He doesn't equip you to do. I remember reading several years ago, there was a church conference going on and several ministers had gone to lunch and were still talking about conference business and all the things that were there, these outstanding pastors. And God kept speaking to one of them. Talk to your waitress about his soul. Your waiter about his soul. And he said, now Lord, I don't know him. We're here doing important church business. Our time is limited. This just isn't the place, is it? And all through the meal, he kept hearing the Lord say, speak to him. He didn't. They went outside, still feeling guilty about it. And he says, men, I, got, I got, forgot something. I need to go take care of something. He went back in. There was a commotion going on about the kitchen area. Willie's heard the story. And the waiter had gone back into the kitchen, taken a knife, and killed himself. That great preacher, doing church business, doing the Lord's work, failed in his assignment. And this is what Jesus was working on in Peter. I don't want you to come up against the push comes to shove. I don't want you to fail. I don't want you to lose out. I want you to be ready to do the assignment I have given you. It may just be one little lamb. It may be a whole bunch of sheep. Peter talks about it over in 1 Peter. I want you to take care of your flock of God. Don't be a little tin God, J.B. Phillips puts it to them, but be an example of God's child, God's work. I, the assignment I give you, you're going to need my presence, you're going to need my help, you're going to need my anointing. And I've got it for you, Peter, but you've got to love me more than these. You've got to put your commitment to them. You're willing to take my assignment and absolutely nothing will keep you from carrying it out. But Lord, it's hard. Yes. But if you lay down your you try to back off and get out of it, it'll get harder. Jesus wants to help you. He wants to fix you up. He wants to get your love so in tune with Him that that becomes second nature. When we say we love the Lord, everybody believes it. I've had the privilege of knowing some of God's choicest saints. The evangelist I mentioned, S.M. Cycleathers, had been a general church official in the Pilgrim Church. Godly man. I've had the privilege of preaching in his home church been to his grave, a blessing. But here was someone nobody doubted, 
They loved God. I grew up in a family where people didn't question their Christianity. It was obvious. And I've seen the real thing. And I've seen that which passes the tests that God gives. And I recommend it. It's worth it. I know those times in the secret closet. I know those times when God comes and you're in love with him and nothing else matters. Jesus is working on Peter from the inside out, getting him ready to take the assignment that he has for him. He's got a big assignment, and he carried it out. And then Jesus still isn't through. Peter probably wished he had been in some respects. But he hits Peter where it really hurts the most. He wants to know he's ready to take a cross. And that's where a lot of people get in trouble, and that's where they don't want to do is bear a cross. You see, cross bearing is hard. Cross bearing is where you die. You've got to give up something. You've got to let go of it permanently. You lay your cross down, it's going to be a whole lot heavier when you come back to pick it up. And it's not necessary. Jesus wants to fix you up to a place where you're willing to bear a cross. What world was it that kept Jesus on the cross? It wasn't those nails. You can't nail God to a cross. It was his love for you and me, and it's our love for Jesus that will keep us on our crosses. And if your love isn't where it's supposed to be, you'll come off of that cross. But thank God that cross can be there. Jesus said, if you love me, then you'll take up your cross daily and follow me. It's not the hit and miss. It's every day. And I'm not trying to paint a bad picture or a dark picture because it's not. Because at the foot of the cross is the greatest life you'll ever live. The fulfillment is never greater than when you're on your cross for Jesus and you're carrying that cross for him. You'll have the greatest enjoyment and fulfillment you are capable of having because that's what God created you for. Lovest thou me more than these? Yes, Lord. And then Jesus says, okay, now you're ready for the big one follow me. You can't follow him if you're on the cross. That's the example he gave for us. That's what he voluntarily gave for us. He went to the cross voluntarily and that's what he's asking for us to voluntarily take up our cross daily and follow him. And when we do that, then we can truly follow him. Because we're imitating. We're doing what he asked us to do. We're doing what he has made possible for us to do. Jesus says, follow me. And good old Peter, true to nature, what's he do? What about him? He didn't deny you, Lord, and you're being so easy on him. Are you sure? Peter wasn't boiled in oil. John was, and he wouldn't cook. Well, he wouldn't. <laughs> he survived it and went to Patmos. I've been there. That's... That's not worth going to. It's just a rock out there. And then Jesus said, I said the strongest words probably Jesus ever said. He told Peter to mind his own business. And Peter did. And what about us? Is there anything in our life if Jesus asked us to do, we'd say, no, wait a minute, I'm not so sure about that. How about John? He's more faithful than, than I've been, Lord. Yeah, he, he's better qualified. You ever told the Lord that? You ever tried to tell God that somebody was better qualified than you are? Mm -hmm. No, they're not. Because God picked on you because he put something in your life that he needed for that job. 
Nobody can do the job God has called you to do. Oh, but Lord, I might get hurt. Well, Jesus did. He had a Judas in the crowd that betrayed him. And Peter denied him. But Jesus didn't give up. You know what he did? He went and chose a Saul of Tarsus to become an Apostle Paul to pinch hit for Judas. I don't know about you, but I've often wondered, and the Lord won't tell me, what kind of an apostle would Judas have been if Paul was as great as he was and Paul was his second choice? If you ever come up with an answer, please let me know. Do you love me? I've got a job for you. I want to clean you up on the inside. I want your heart to be pure like mine. And I have a lamb or a sheep for you to take care of. Are you willing to accept the assignment that I'm giving to you? Will you obey me when I check you? Will you obey? Will you recognize my voice? Will you pass the test? And your cross, are you willing to bear it? Then and only then are you really truly qualified to follow him. As the Lord speaks to us, as the Lord searches our hearts, you may need an altar. You may need to simply apologize to God. You may just simply get to get shouting happy and say, thank you, Lord, for what you've done and what you've done and the corrections you've made in my life. And my love is not what it once was, but it's getting more and more like yours and everybody can see it and I thank you for it. God has something for each of us. And it all starts with the question, lovest thou me more than these? What's your answer? Are you passing the test? Is your cross a place where you're identifying with Jesus and he's yours? I've asked them to help us to sing this morning the song that I quoted earlier about do you love me? I know that thou art mine. And I want us to sing that and search our heart. And whatever he says to us, will you obey him? If it's go to someone, if it's just say, yes, Lord. You know, and I want you to fix it. Maybe you need to be saved. Maybe you need to be sanctified. Maybe you just need to say, thank you, Lord. As we sing this morning, will you do what the Lord is asking? Let him fix you to make you what you ought to be.